This is the Shift Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt here with Matt MacArthur and Ryan O'Donnell. Here's what's coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast today. We got Good News Tuesday and the Galactic Federation. And Sir Christopher Gilbert's International Dispatch. It's a oh saucy God, one. Do, no, do not. It can't be on there. I didn't. I'm putting it we in there, all, man. We agreed that there was no harder laughter in, in all of 2020. I don't know if it was the story about... Well, I'll tell you what. There's a story about a, a a dude who was doing stuff he shouldn't have been doing at a whole lot of locations in Australia that, um, that probably shouldn't be on a map. All of this and more coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. Good news Tuesday as a newbie diabetic, Daryl says. My good news is that my blood sugar is under control. Better news is that it isn't uh, too hard to do with the advice of a good doctor and great nurses. That is fantastic news, Daryl. Fantastic. Good news. 877-399-9898. In Winnipeg is Evelyn. Hey, I'm thankful to be a Manitoban because all the other provinces are dealing with their with their restrictions now. We've, we've yeah. dealt with our restrictions for months now. So, yeah, we got bad news, though. January 8th. That's is the our good news. That's the like, good news date for you, Evelyn? Well, it is because it keeps us under control with the relationship stuff, you know, the yeah. gathering and stuff like that yeah. to keep that under control. But no, my real good news is the fact that it doesn't feel like winter here. Um, we've had no. really excellent weather. We've actually had Fantastic. really good weather. It doesn't feel like Christmas. And they also lifted restrictions with regards to uh, Christmas decor. We're allowed to buy Christmas. You're allowed we to buy Christmas. Yeah, we're allowed to buy Christmas, but we can't gather at Christmas. Okay, interesting. See? Thank you very much, Evelyn. Yeah, that is yeah, great welcome. news, Matt. Celebrating Christmas. Yeah, in the uh, in the old Winnipeg. Good news. That is good news. Um. Good news, I woke up this morning and realized I didn't have any coffee, and yet I managed to not kill anybody. Matt can relate. How does that even work? <laughs> That's a true test of strength right there. The, few people can overcome that. Mm -hmm. Josie, good news. Thank you very much. Yeah, good news. Thank you for not killing anybody. Good news! Generally a good, you know, standard for the day. How was your day? Didn't kill anyone. Perfect. Call it a success. Let's go to Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Nate. Hey, Shane. How you doing tonight? Good, brother. What's on your mind for your good news? Well, I got some good news. Um, I work in a plasma donation center, and um, they had a contest for all of last month where you do the most things to, you know, get the plasma in, and you don't mess anything up. Obviously, it's an FDA here in America regulated industry i won 75 bucks on amazon 75 dollar gift card to amazon for good hard work for nate amazing brother that is good news i got one more good news sure my wife is in a nursing home mm -hmm. and she is only one of three people on her floor without covid Strange, but still good, positive perspective. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's Nate. right. I appreciate as long as my baby's healthy, I'm happy. All right, there it is. That is very good news that uh, that Nate's wife is healthy. Hey, good. Oh, oh. Yeah, good news for Mrs. Nate. Good news. Well done. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight 
98. Good news. I fell asleep into one of the deepest, rich sleeps I've ever had. It was blanketed by the soothing, echoing sound of falling rain. That's the best. You know what? It's one of my favorite things about camping. And not many people will say rain is amazing when you're camping. But if you're in a tent trailer, you have a furnace, a heated bed, and probably a nice, you know, little bit of a buzz on from your drinks the night before. Because I used to have a keg tap in my trailer. Too much info. Nice. Um, then that is rain on the top of the roof. Amazing. You know what's bad on the roof, though? Not to be a downer here. A crow or a raven dancing on the roof of your trailer in the morning. Anything with sharp toes. It's loud. It's a terrible way to wake up. It is. It's loud. And then they keep going. Man. It's like a woodpecker. See how good news turns to bad news? Hmm. Um... Good news. Hey, Ryan, I went from St. Francis to St., but also over 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> We're all following the same path here. Clearly, going from St. Francis to St. is a is the way to go. It's a great path. It's working out. We had Even a text last night earlier. as Ryan said he graduated from St. Francis in Calgary. And a text from JoJo said that uh, he was a part of the very first graduating class at St. Francis in Calgary. So that's from last night's show, a little carryover. I love it. 877-399-9898. Wendy's in Surrey. How are you, Wendy? I'm doing good, and I've got really good news. I'm mailing the money order to your Movember. Oh, nice. $25. Remember, I pledged, I had one whisker. I had five of them, so I thought yeah. I would send $5 for each whisker. Oh, yeah, Jim. Yeah, and I got more good news because I, the CKNW kids, I sent in $5 for each one of my grandchildren, so they got $25. And then they phoned me and told me that I had won a contest where they're going to make a Christmas video for my family. Oh, nice. That's a whole lot of good news. Thank you for that. And Wendy... Yeah. Let me uh, let me take a, a moment and just uh, thank you for your generosity and not only that, uh, just the awareness to be so kind to the things that we try to get up to here on the radio. I often ask the you know the shift heads. I say, you know, what are you going to create today? And, yeah, um, you and betcha. Thanks for helping us create what we try to create. Appreciate that. And I'm not sure which one of you is a smoker, but I'm outside smoking now. So. Oh, no, <laughs> not me. Uh, All right, well, I don't <laughs> indulge. Okay. All right. Thanks Good so much, night, lady. And that- Smoke safely. Good night. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. It's uh, it's good to have a hobby that keeps the outdoors. <laughs> yes, that's right. You have to be outdoors, right? I'm outdoorsy. Wendy could say that I'm outdoorsy. Text says this is Conrad from Calgary. After searching for over half an hour, we found our TV remote in the back of the couch. Good news. Oh, the holy grail. Good news. That's good news. I don't want to put like like a rating scale on the good news, but you know, that could be one of the best good newses of the day. The feeling of relief you get from when you find a remote, whether it's a gaming controller or a remote, it's it's like mm-hmm. the same satisfaction I feel that Indiana Jones had when he got the holy grail at the end of mm-hmm. Last Crusade, you know? Just well, this is does it. raise the question, why Apple does the Apple TV remote have to be so small? It's so small. You lose oh, it all the time. I hate that remote. It's the worst. Anyway, probably so they can sell more of them to us because I think they're like $800, which is absolutely an exaggeration. They're not expensive, but I feel like I prove a point when I say that. So thank you. 877-399-9898. Good morning, crew. Snowing heavy in Aurelia, Ontario, delivering my newspapers. Hey, Henry, thank you very much for the text message. I'm going to take that as good news Christmas time, but please drive safely as you deliver those newspapers and make sure they all get dropped off. Angel says, good news. Good news. 
finished my Christmas shopping and kept it under $150 for all seven of my grandkids. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Uh, welcome Ryan to the show from Angel. You haven't met Angel yet. Uh, she's a she's a real sweetheart. It is great to meet you, Angel. And nice job, 150 bucks for seven grandkids. That's like Beauty. way better budgeting than I could ever hope to have. Way on, better. Beautiful. On well, time. Clearly. On time and under budget. Nice. Only a thing only grandmas can achieve. Let's be honest here. It's like a right? work of art. Yeah. Uh, Ryan spends $150 on 10 different bottles of cologne for his drawer, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, about right. High quality stuff right there. Alex is in Vancouver. Hey, Alex. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Good, good, good. So three, three, three pieces of good news in the cologne. <laughs> piece number one piece number one is i'm a diabetic i've been diagnosed for over three years now um and i recommend for um a guy and my blood sugar is 6.2 and uh, below diabetic levels and i recommend for guys who are looking to help themselves out do the candida diet no no dairy no wheat no sugar and no yeast wow what else do you eat? Like liquor? No. Yeah, well, you can. You can. Well, a diabetic shouldn't drink that much liquor. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but 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 no. But um, uh, seriously, um, you eat you eat vegetables. You eat fruit. You eat some chocolate. You eat some. Uh, you can buy gluten free cakes. You can do all kinds of stuff like that, right? Well, I'm gonna tell of, you, Alex. A lot of I fish and chicken. It. Fish and chicken. Okay, that's good. Well, you had me at the diet when you can eat chocolate, so I'm going to call that good news. Thanks for the phone call, brother. Wait, wait, wait. One more. One more. One more. Okay, quick. Okay, one more. Me. Um, yeah. be, because 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 I'm a diabetic, me and my buddy have developed a line of cannabis edibles, which only have um, sweetened with erythritol or with stevia or with monk fruit. So okay, well, no we're going to have to hold you there. Be- Thank you very much for that. Uh, because we don't know what it is, um, we can't promote it on the radio, Alex. I'm, but I will give you this. If you're working on um, forward, healthy, nutritional things that you believe in, absolutely, that is good news. Um, we just can't throw it all out there on the radio until we know exactly what it is, uh, you know, because we do like to take a little responsibility for what we put on the air. So that's a thing. Thank you very much, Alex, for that phone call. Uh, and I'm going to say good news for your hard work because that is absolutely good news. Okay, Winnipeg and Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi there. I've got two pieces of good news. Tomorrow is a year since I quit smoking. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was a struggle, but it's good. I bet. And the other thing is, is, uh, I'm getting, I decided to treat myself with all the money I've saved during this pandemic, and Mm -hmm. I'm buying myself a brand new piano. Oh, wow. Is this a new hobby, or is it something that you're catching up on, or been playing for a long time? It's something that I played for years and years and years and kind of got away from it. And then because of the pandemic and the lockdown and everything like that, I took it up again. Um, and I decided just recently to upgrade. So I'm, I've got a new, I'm going to be getting a new Yamaha. It's a little bit going to be on hold because of the pandemic and things are mm-hmm. locked down right now in Winnipeg. But I just decided just go for it. Good for you. Thank and you. Uh, it sounds like you're not only taking care of your body, but your soul a little bit too, Lori. So I'll acknowledge that because that's... Um... That's going to have a big impact. And and to be able to pull off the no smoking through uh, quarantines and isolations and, and a lot of time alone, poof, that's a well, big Well, you know one. what? The two kind of go hand in hand because the piano was a little bit of inspiration. It kept my hands busy and my mind busy as well. It's kind yeah. of a little bit of a distraction. So 
and plus wow, I've but... saved all this money. So, you yeah. know, do you have a, do you, can you, do you have like a total of the money of the impact of quitting smoking? Do you know roughly what that number is just to share with other people? Maybe it inspires them. Yes, I do. And I would highly recommend an app, um, because I downloaded one of those quit smoking apps and mm-hmm. I have saved, Ooh, just about $2,000. Wow. Wow. Good for you. Lori, well done. High five. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your good news. You guys have a good night. You too. This is the Shift Podcast. Sometimes we like to talk about the spooky, the scary, the SpacedOutRadio.com is where Dave Scott does his internet show, listeners all over the world, and he promos things like a madman, so let's listen in. A plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading See? up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. King Follow us on Twitter, at SpacedOutRadio, and on See? Instagram, at SpacedOutRadioShow. We're about to join the shift with Shane here, going yeah. right across Canada. See if mm-hmm. he's here. Is he yeah. hiding? Where is he? No, we were always listening. Like, we were giving you a free chance to do your promo things. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's a radio voice. That's bought and paid for, my friend. Bought and paid yeah. for. Uh, Dave Scott, uh, thank you for spending some time with us here on The Shift. I appreciate it. Um, and thanks for including us thank in you. your show, too. And spacedoutradio.com is where you can listen to it. Actually, it's so easy, too. If you just go to spacedoutradio.com, it's right there on the front page. You just uh, click on uh, Dave's face. And if you really want to have some fun, by the way, navigate through the website, and you can see the different seasons of Dave's beard. This is true. This is true. I I am in heightened winter season right now. I am almost in full form. And you're in the full beard. I got asked if I uh, was influenced by Karl Marx earlier by Charles Adler, and uh, I'm decided that uh, less influenced by Karl Marx, but I, I'm definitely starting to look like Karl Marx, um, as his big bushy beard, white beard that it is, with a dark mustache wrapped in it, is seems to become. Um, that's my face these days. Such as COVID beard, I suppose. That's why you got to get some uh, beard oil, some high quality beard oil. Mm-hmm. And my buddy, my buddy Gary out in Chilliwack makes it. I don't know if I should uh, give him a plug or not because that might be a little weird. But Is my buddy legal? Gary makes it. I, I, yeah, totally. It's called right. MightyMooseBeard.com. There you go. MightyMooseBeard.com. There it's we right go. I'll there. just There's, say it. Um... Yeah, no, I I do. I have a my 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 favorite beard oil too. I has a beard. I use a beard balm. I also like that. Nice. Um, you know, these are the things that uh, that we do. Well, it's aliens like and Bigfoot it. do care about a, a high quality beard. You know, they really well, that's do. True. Well, especially the uh, especially the Bigfoot. You know, when it comes to personal grooming. Um, where are we going to go tonight? Here, I like the uh, the alien conversation, and um, that one always gets me. Not the aliens so much as the UFOs. I like talking about the well, UFOs, Dave Scott. What do you UFOs. got in your little uh, your little tickle trunk for me? Well, I have a couple of stories for us. Now, this story started way, way back when I started doing this uh, segment with your predecessor, Drex. And uh, you and I have talked about it a little bit in regards to, you know, Canada's role in ufology, the UFOs, as you like to call them. Mm -hmm. And I got sent from Ottawa by a secret source that I have there about a report out of Invermere, British Columbia, that was investigated by NAV Canada. It was also investigated by the RCMP. Now, a couple of years ago, I forewarned people 
If you see a UFO, do not report it to the RCMP. Look, there's a lot of great police officers out there, but under the protocol when it comes to UFOs, and you may not take this seriously, your listeners may not take this seriously. I know mine do, okay? But here's what happens. When you report a UFO to the United, to uh, the RCMP, they take down your information, and then that information gets submitted with the report to NORAD in Colorado, which means that the United States military and the United States government now gets a hold of your personal information. To me, that's not very comfortable. Not comfortable at all. <laughs> well, you would think, I mean, okay, I get the NORAD connection, you know, I mean, because that would be the North American protection network, really. Uh, yes. Concerning, though, that, um, that that would be, you know, the first place, I suppose, that it goes. Is interception really something that they would do? I mean, it seems to me... Not to be dismissive, David, I don't mean to be dismissive, but it seems to me that by the time you get a couple of jets in the air, you know, it seems like an expensive endeavor to not find much. Well, I mean, it all depends. So how this whole started was I was in a conversation with a member of our local RCMP detachment here. And I just, you know, me out of the blue, I'm, I'm the weirdo in town. So I don't mind asking these tough, pertinent questions. I said, hey, what's the RCMP protocol? For UFOs. But imagine my amazement when this officer turned to me and said, in the air or on the ground. Huh. I, I expected to be laughed at. But no, he right. says, in the air or on the ground. So I said, well, let's start off in the air. He goes, okay, protocol is this. we uh, You phone into the RCMP detachment or 911, call in a UFO. That file immediately goes to the staff sergeant on duty who immediately has to drop everything that he's doing to file it to Ottawa. Ottawa, HQ, then sends the report to NORAD, who tries, if possible, to send the two closest CF-18 Hornets to try and intercept the craft. Okay, so what if it's on the ground? He goes, I'm not sure. He goes, however, I do believe if it was the same protocol and there was no military base around, that they would have us cordon off the area where the craft is landed and then wait there until the military could take over. Huh. But, but you see, there was a purpose to all of this. And that purpose was, Shane, I have a lot of Canadian experiencers who listen to this show. And they've had what I like to call a lot of American experiences. Okay? What they call mill labs what they call MK Ultra, which is mind-altering games. Visits from alphabet agencies like the CIA or the FBI or Men in Black. And Canada really doesn't have the money or the technology for that. So mm -hmm. that's why I asked the question. And then it all came to senses when I found out, and now confirmed by a source in Ottawa, that your personal information when you submit a UFO report to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, automatically goes to NORAD, which means, like I said again, the U.S. government gets a hold of your personal information on that report. 
Now, I don't want to distract away from it, but the biggest thing that I left with in that is I'm more surprised that Canada has two CF-18 Hornets ready to go anywhere. Um, that's the hardest thing I have to believe in it. The rest of it, I believe you. Um, but I, I get that. Cool. Okay. Well, that's interesting news. What about um, what about when we talk about, you know, the existence of that? Because what you're, you're alluding at the fact that NORAD a la RCMP, because if the, the local uh, officer is talking about structure around it, that means that there's a protocol there. And that means that everybody generally accepts it to be true. There is a happening. protocol. Right. So when we look around the world, though, is, is this just a North America thing or is this the kind of thing that happens in other countries, too? I have learned in the past week that a lot of these UFO sightings, when something big happens with the military or politicians or whomever, what happens is uh, there is a five-country panel that immediately gets reported to. might be for six or seven, but it includes Canada, the United States, Britain, France, Australia. That all gets to know. And then there might be some, some subsidiary countries in there, for instance, like Israel or other allies, Japan being another one, okay, I'm not sure about Russia, China, but apparently that the minute something happens, the other five countries, so if something happens in Canada, the other countries immediately get a report on what was filed as well for their own uh, deciphering in this topic and in this phenomenon. Now, you you say Israel. Uh, yes. there wasn't there, there's a new story, um, and I, I just oh, love yeah. anybody who's named Chaim, because um, that's fun to say. Uh, but yes. there, there's been some stories, because I'm surprised we don't hear about this more often, people who leave those high-level top-secret spots that uh, claim to have insider info, spill the beans, if you will, and there was um, there was new information that came out of uh, a space dude there. Yes, Chaim Ashed is 87 years old. He is retired, the former head of the Israeli space security. I mean, this guy had pulled. So he comes out and drops this bombshell saying that unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here because humanity is not ready. And this story has erupted around the world. And basically what he is saying is aliens are here. They've been here a long time. They're equally curious about humanity and trying to seek and understand the fabric of the universe. However, they are guarded by this galactic federation that is sitting somewhere in the sky right now, watching over planet Earth. And they do not believe that humanity has developed and reached a stage where we will understand, in general, what space and spaceships are, therefore being detrimental to the, to the uh, population. He also adds that President Donald Trump is aware of extraterrestrials' existence and had been on the verge of revealing this information, but was asked to by this galactic federation of aliens in order to prevent mass hysteria on this planet. Like, this is crazy stuff. You know, this is the kind of stuff that people wear a lot of tinfoil for. And this is stuff that people in my venue have been made fun of for decades and now you have this gentleman who has a pretty high position who is now saying this now 
We don't know his health status. We don't know his sanity. We don't know if if he has a, a mental disease like Alzheimer's kicking in or something along those lines. We don't know. But what we do know is what he said and what he has been quoted on. And he is basically saying, although we have yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, NASA is exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer these fundamental questions, whether or not we are alone in the universe. It's very interesting because there's not a lot of people commenting on this. Susan Goff, who happens to be the pit bull of all PR people at the Pentagon, basically declined to comment on this, nor did the White House or Israeli officials. This is somebody who literally, and I hate to say it this way, has one foot in the grave and maybe holding a guilty conscience on what mankind's future is all about. There's a great fiction book, and I'll just say that part again. It is a fiction book, and it's by Matt Haig, and it's called The Humans. I've shared it here on the show before. And it, it sort of tells a story very similar to that that you, that you speak of, Dave, that um, there, are, uh, there are races of aliens that are there that are among us to wait until humans figure it out. And in the storyline of this fiction book, it is about humans figure out something that humans are not ready for. And that's when the right. aliens have to step in. And which is, which is interesting to think that, you know, even though that that is just a fiction book and a storyline about one family, um, maybe there's some truth behind it. Well, you know, some of the craziest guests that my listeners uh, have heard on this show have all talked about this alleged galactic federation. Some have called it the consortium or, or whatever you want, but they've always alluded to this galactic federation that's sitting in some spaceship above the earth. And now I got to be honest with you, you know, coming from a journalism background, we try and be a little bit skeptical. We try. All right. I, you know, and God bless me for saying, being honest here. I don't believe everything that my guests say at times. All right. You have to have, you know, a little red pill versus blue pill every now and again. But the point that I'm getting at is for this gentleman to come out and kind of echo the sentiments of all these people who have been ridiculed over the years that maybe we are being visited, maybe even controlled a little bit. We also have to remember that on a planet of 8 billion people, or nearly that, whether we want to believe it or not, half of this planet is very controlled by religious factions. And most of those religious factions believe, from Christianity to, to uh, Muslim, believe that anything coming from the stars can be evil, from the devil himself, fallen angels. And that's just scary, because we don't know how people would react. There's also rumors that if this did happen, and the aliens did come, it could literally collapse the entire monetary system and economies would collapse. How do you recover from that? There's a lot of big questions that a lot of people are truly thinking of on how to bring this subject out. And they just don't know how, you know, any of us are going to react. And that's scary about this topic. Well, it's possible that it just started. Um, it does take acknowledgement, although when it comes to uh, the article and he says um, he quotes that Donald Trump would know about it, um, yeah, they're going to probably have to partner up with somebody who is known to be a little bit more believable 
Um, and that's not True. a political statement. That's just a history of what he's willing to say statement. Um, but, but to look at it the other way, and I apologize for cutting you off, Donald Trump, love him or hate him, is the only president who has taken this many questions publicly from mainstream media regarding UFOs. Other presidents have had the questions, but they've never gone in depth. They've never gone in depth or, or even tried to acknowledge. They always say, oh, I looked into it. There was nothing there. Look at yep. Obama or Clinton on, on Jimmy Kimmel. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there is something yeah, there I to mean, it. No, there's something there to it. It's, it's fascinating conversation. As always, Dave Scott, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing your show with us and uh, giving us a little bit of insight on, on both of these. And not to be forgotten, uh, when it comes to NORAD, they also take care of Santa. They've got a big job. Exactly. That's what we love them for. Hey, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Very good. Spaced Out Radio, Dave Scott. Thank you, sir. It's the Shift Podcast. Sir Christopher Gilbert, um, a former member of the show, living on the other side of the world now. And uh, should we dig into some international news here, Matt? I think we should. Yeah. Let's hit it. After this. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. All right, Sir Christopher. Make some, which, uh, yeah, make some magic happen, by the way. Give her. I love that. I love that. I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you so much to Medi for like all of your hard work that you do and, and making me sound interesting. I like it. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to I'm going to start off just by telling you a little bit about Christmas here. It's not really international news, um, although I guess that the news angle here would be um, uh, a story I have in front of me from Tokyo, which is ho ho ho, Merry Fried Chicken Sushi appears in Japan, and it's a very silly story about you know some shop which is doing fried chicken sushi. And uh, it's just, you know, fried chicken on rice, pretty much, which is, you know, fine. But the thing is that, uh, would you know that um, chicken and Christmas are synonymous in Japan? They, they eat chicken. They're not just chicken. They eat KFC here at Christmas time. No, no. That's, that's right off the bat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, KFC that's the Christmas. trend, eh? Yeah, it's, well, it's interesting. So I think what happened, I mean, it's very surprising, first of all, because you have to reserve it. So you have to, like the other day, um, I went online to reserve my bucket of KFC. And they, they give you a, a special Christmas bucket. You get a tiramisu. You get a commemorative KFC Christmas plate. Um, you get eight pieces of chicken. And you might get some shrimp gratin or something else, a little side like that. And you have to go online and you have to reserve it for a time and a date. So I reserved it for 2.45 on Christmas Day. And uh, at, I was lucky because, you know, at the store I booked it, they're all selling out already. Hmm. And then you go and you pick up your specially, your bespoke, your, you know, KFC that's made just for you on that day. And uh, when I tell people this, they're like, oh, that sounds kind of sad, you know, like KFC Christmas. And I'm like, you have, no, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best KFC you'll ever eat in your entire life. So what 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 happened is that um, you know when Christmas was effectively culturally imported into Japan, and KFC were like, well, you know, there's meat. People in the Western Hemisphere were like, well, the Western Hemisphere and and North America and other places eat turkey and and roasts and stuff on Christmas and you know all kinds of things. Like, well, we need a we need a Christmas meat. So KFC was like. You know, they got they jumped the gun early and like, we'll be your Christmas meat, Japan. Come eat KFC for us. So smart. Yeah, this yeah, 
Yeah. So it's, it'd be kind of like very the, good too. The Coca Cola, Santa, how it became North America's Santa, kind of very similar. Like they they stepped right in and just created the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really interesting actually about how um, uh, festivals and occasions that are that are not you know um you know like from Japan of Japan how they become imported here and they kind of uh, either grip or they don't. So Christmas is gripped because, uh, you know, it's now it's what it means is chicken, uh, maybe a tree, uh, festive lights, uh, and cake and presents for kids, just for kids. But mm-hmm. also for, uh, for couples, it's a very romantic occasion. There's lots of um, September babies, uh, you know, c- coming around mm. because uh, oh. Christmas Eve is the... Yeah, Christmas Eve is the sexy night. So, yeah, it's, it's strange how things either grip or don't. Like, Easter has no no presents in Japan at all because nobody gets it. But Christmas, mm. everyone can get behind Christmas. So, yeah, there's no audio with that. Know. I just wanted to tell you about chicken. I had no idea. I think that's fantastic. I, I really didn't have any idea that that was the case. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. We just got shut down in Alberta, um, so there's no C in your family. So maybe a little uh, KFC might not be a bad idea. KFC all the way, and uh, and you can in you know uh, you can I know you guys talked about the KFC movie the other night, so maybe get that watching, you know, get that going, snuggle up with your significant other over a, a barrel of eight pieces, and uh, yeah, have a good time. Nice. Do, 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 do. Anyway, from KFC, let's move on. We're going to go to Austria. This story is um, something I, I wanted to get around to last week, but we never got around to it. Is a town in Austria which is no longer called the word that I can't say which it was formerly called. Does that make sense? It depends how you pronounce it. Yeah. So if you pronounce it correctly, you can play a news story about it. If you don't pronounce it correctly and you pronounce it in the, you know, I guess the way we would say it if we read it out loud, you can't play a news story about it. But thankfully, I found a news story about this town in Austria, which has had to finally change its name. So let's listen to that. If you're offended by strong language, you might want to hit the mute button on your remote now. Residents of the Austrian village Fucking will vote later this week on changing its name. Locals, or Fuckingers as they're known, say they're sick of visitors stealing their signs. The mayor said they'd tried everything to keep the signs from going AWOL, including concrete blocks and special screws. Some residents have resorted to adopting the 16th century spelling to ward off pranksters, but alas, to no avail. Amused tourists continue to descend on the hamlet. This woman is not amused. They hang on the sign, take photos, some even take their clothes off. For us, it's just the village's name, Fucking, and that's it. When you say you're from Fucking, it always gets a laugh at the start, but after a big laugh, it's enough. At least you have something to talk about. The village close to the border with Germany became infamous after World War II when it was a popular detour for off-duty British and American servicemen who were based in nearby Salzburg. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I can love I, that yeah. soldiers thought that was hilarious in World War II, and we think oh it's hilarious God. now in 2020. I love how people take their clothes off by the sign. So I did a quick search on this, and apparently 
it's not only just that. Uh, what did, how did you pronounce it, Matt? Uh, Fugin. Okay, so um, it is spelled the same way as our F word with an I-N-G. So I'm going to try. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to swear here. Uh, Fuking. Yes. Uh, there Fuking. is there's another place that is called, it's close by, it's called Unterfuking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then Sorry. there's another place. They, they, they call me off guard. <laughs> there's another place <laughs> that's also close by in Austria that's called Oberfuking. <laughs> the three um, stages i love it they uh they're obsessed okay now it's funny because um in england <laughs> the only because it's a breadcrumb right there's a place in Ingle, england that comes up in the same it's a uh, in the hamlet of dorset and it's called shitterton <laughs> <laughs> welcome to shitterton <laughs> all right oh, okay. anyway, sorry chris off you go right. no no <laughs> i'm funny. i'm really happy that you brought those up because i think i can beat even that wow so if if we go to uh my favorite country that i'm not from australia and you zoom in on the map at any point and so let's zoom in around adelaide and let's have a look at what is around adelaide we've got mount remarkable blowhole cock hill mount fanny rotten bay skimp dump did you bring a grog along did you bring your beer (laughs) along um what else? We've got Point Fanny Shag Point, Wiggle Belly Beach, Doodle Doodle Pinnacle, uh, Horny Point, uh, Loin, Loin Lane, lo, lo, Breakneck Creek. Uh, that one, oh, I can't say that. There's one called um, Cockham Titty Bong Road, Bum Cooler, Breakwind Flat, Fanny Crystal, no. Mad Map Gap, Bellhead, Little House, Sandy Knob, Chewy Knob, Dick Knob, uh, Knob Bore, Bum Bubble, Cockburn, Funky Bore. Good. That's just around Adelaide. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to do one more. Oh <laughs> I'm going to do one more. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Th- this is in New South Wales. This is on the other side of the country. Um, let's do zoom in around New South Wales. We've got Big Raspberry, Hollow Creep, Governor's Knob, Stuttering Dicks Creek, Creeman Creek, Bumble, uh, Blowhard Point, Come By Chance, uh, Giggle Windy <laughs> Creek, Bingy Grumble Gorge, Iron Knob, Cockabutter Hill, uh, Hungry or Thirsty Gully, uh, Boner Street, Who'd you thought at Hill? Kinky Cemetery. Uh, P1, Woody. Oh, this is my favorite one. Here we go. All these knobs. Uh, Chummy's Knob, Balls Creek, Little Knobby, Big Knobby, Delicate Knobby, Cookadilly Ridge, Cranky George Creek, Booty Booty, and Yes, I Know Rock. Booty Booty! And there's a lot more. Oh, my God. Oh. How? I hope I, hope I haven't broken, broken the senses' brain. But wow. they're, they're place names. They're place names. Okay. I, I haven't had to hit the button once, so that, that we got all yes. that. Yes. Nice. Wow. Great ears, Matty. Um, that is just um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you settle a country with criminals. You know, they have foul language in the, the 19th, 18th centuries. Wow. True. <sighs> so, let's digest that and move on. <laughs> I, just, I was just trying to go through it in my brain. Um, the, like, I was literally trying to go through it in my brain and think of, like, okay, which one was your favorite, Shane? And I don't think there is one. I mean, I, I, I like the last one. I got to tell you, the last one was pretty good too, though. Um, I'll, um, th- is that the theme song for the? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's national anthem right there. <laughs> there we go. It should be Miss New Booty. Wonderful. Um, what I'll do is I'll. There's a map that you can buy uh, that has all of these place names on it. It's a map of Australia. 
um, saying I'll I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet the link out later today if sure. you want to. Yeah, just tag uh, tag us uh, the Shift Canada, and we'll yeah, uh, we'll I will. And um, yeah, so everyone can enjoy that wonderful product that is um, <gasps> next to my homeland. Awesome. Um, let's continue. Um, should we do this? Let's do the Hungarian politician. Um, so the the headline that I wrote for this one is um, Hungarian politician caught fleeing from ecstasy riddle twenty five man sex rave, um, oh. which is pretty true. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Let's play uh, awesome guy one, Maddie. This, this is the start of the story. Fidesz MEP Josef Shire has admitted to violating COVID nineteen restrictions by attending what Belgian media is calling a sex party. <laughs> I like that the the inverted the, the quotation fingers are six party, so yeah. uh, it wasn't wasn't just any six party. Let's let's play it in this clip. Police were called to an apartment on Friday night in Brussels after getting a report of potential breaches of coronavirus restrictions. They found twenty five people there, mostly men. Shire tried to escape along a roof gutter when police detained him. So before you continue, Chris, on that one, I just want yeah. to bring up a text message that came in that is perfect timing for this. Jasper says, Ooh. imagine somebody turning, tuning in halfway through that. And then as I yes. listen to this, um, this next second story that you've brought to our attention here, I think uh, Jasper, Chris, has gone and said, hold my beer. We've got more. So imagine tuning in <laughs> halfway through this story. Okay, sorry, continue. Uh, just on that note, I'm pretty sure Hold My Beer is a town somewhere in Victoria. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter um, on its own, right, that it's a 25-man sex party, you know. But the fact is that this particular Hungarian politician belongs to a far-right Christian party, which is very um, anti-gay and anti-LGBTQI plus rights. And um, so... I'm just going to read a, a, a little bit of a story here from our own global news. Um, he, he's a Hungarian politician who has defined marriage as between a man and a woman in his country's constitution. So it's in the constitution that, thanks to his party, the MEP, that marriage is apparently between a man and a woman only. And has resigned after police. Uh, now he has resigned after the police caught him fleeing a gay sex party during the coronavirus lockdown. Oh. Yeah. Whammy. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it gets wow. a little bit better than that, too. So it's pretty much just a, a big old orgy time. And, and this guy, and can I just say, this guy looks like the, the, the right wing. Like, he's got, like, the, 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 the tight comb over, like, short back and sides and the round spectacles and the long beard. So he really looks like, he really looks the part. And, um, yeah, so let, let's play the... Uh, Actually, the, 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 I think uh, in the news story I edited, they they switched, they cross over to a live reporter, and um, yeah, l let's listen to a bit of what he has to say. Good evening, Oliver. Indeed, it has been a breakneck speed paced day of news coming out on this story today. <laughs> so I just exactly, I just put that in because I like how like jaunty this. Good evening, Oliver. Indeed, you know I haven't seen a Rodrigue like this since the Essexshire cricket team. You know, like it's just <laughs> breakneck speed. I say, indeed, I got it. simply outrageous, Oliver. Outrageous. So I just, I just love this jolly English reporting. So many dudes <laughs> here. So many yeah. dudes. Oh. Yeah. 
hips. I've never <laughs> seen so many men with their pants down since I was at Eton. But he really does have something valuable to say. So um, this is the last clip for the story. Earlier in the afternoon, Mr. Shire himself released a statement to say that he was at the party, that he apologizes to his family, to voters, to colleagues uh, for be attending this party which broke COVID-19 rules. He says that he did indeed have an ecstasy pill on him, ding, but ding, that ding, ding, ding. he was not aware of it and that he believed that it was planted, that it was not his. Yeah. Right. Oh, Conve yeah. Very convenient. Very convenient. Very convenient. It's not it's, my ecstasy. It's not mine. I swear, it's not mine. <laughs> I just, I just. How did that get there? I turned the corner and there was just twenty-five naked dudes. <laughs> These are also not just, my pants. Yeah, officer. I swear, I was just like at a perfectly innocent dinner party with my wife and her friend, and all of these men turned up naked and started throwing ecstasy at us. One of them fell in my pocket, and I was running along the rooftop away from you, and my pants fell down, and there ecstasy everywhere. Honestly, <laughs> that's what happened. Believable, <laughs> totally believable. Yeah, and so this guy, um, the the thing that kind of annoys me the most is like, like, so you know, these nothing really wrong with like doing the act itself right who who cares you can do what you want in, in the company of 30 or 40 other people but it, it's the <laughs> fact that he was breaching covid restrictions um and that, that the police came around and the thing is that um he he applied for diplomatic immunity which is, makes my eyes roll to the back of my head right. and uh two other people um also applied for diplomatic immunity all that. and so because he was in brussels and he's from hungary so that mm -hmm. makes you wonder makes you wonder who else you know who what else was doing a bit of the old rumpy pumpy in brussels in the middle of the night right all uh, uh well, rumpy pumpy haven't heard that one in a while but um all all i can say is that i would rather just disappoint one person than 25 people right right there's a lot of pressure right? on you there way too much there, pressure there is a lot of pressure there Confidence like, is key in that situation. Well, I mean, without getting too graphic, but what happens if you, um, you know, if you're if you're a bit of rabbit in the hair there, and you, and you know you cross the finish line, you know, before the rest of the team, yeah. you have to just like go go sit in the corner, think about what you've done. Like, I mean, you what don't happens? Know. You definitely have to get some water. You get a, Tell your wife you you're at another dinner party. <laughs> How does a thing like that? <laughs> I don't oh, think there's man. that much planning going into it, Chris. I don't think that's that's the thing. Like, but, oh, well, look at this. I got all this time to kill. I mean, let's go to on Amazon. I don't know. But how does it end? You know, like how do twenty five guys just be like, all right, well, good job. You know, well, smack each other that, on the butt. It, it, it ends with uh, <laughs> good shift. Okay, um, this was a, this was a good show, guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, oh, well. I'm glad we made it this far. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks, yeah, thanks for being here. I really enjoyed working with y'all. Anyway, who, who uh, knew it would be Chris? A good run. <laughs> Chris, can we squeeze one more story in here before we all get fired? Um, that one's 46 seconds. Um, do we have time for a 46 second piece of audio or not? Oh yeah, yeah, we yep. do. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Uh, so Hitler's back. Oh god, um, <laughs> it really is over. <laughs> Well, it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> what a way to follow it up. Oh, man. Yeah. I yeah, just Hitler's got back. here. I'd like to keep my job for more than two weeks. <laughs> Welcome to hell, Ryan. Yeah, this I is the way it's it. meant to be. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Hitler's back. It's a Nigerian politician uh, called Adolf Hitler. 
Hitler is his middle name. I believe his last name is uh, Un- Ununa, Usun Ununa, I think. And he has won election and um, his local election uh, with 85% of the vote. And uh, mm-hmm. he, he pretty much got elected and in in straight away said, I'm not a Nazi. I swear, I'm not a Nazi. Um, so let, let's, um, let's play, let's play the, the story on um, Adolf Hitler. This man probably has the worst name that one could ask for. But Adolf Hitler Unona is not a Nazi. Neither is he German or in any way related to the real Hitler. So who is Adolf Hitler Unona? He is a newly elected councillor in Namibia. Unona won the election with 85% of the vote and won space in leading international publications across the world. It's a little too late for Adolf Hitler Unona to change his name. He's 54 and he does have a sense of humor about his situation. Speaking to a German newspaper, he said, It doesn't mean that I'm striving for world domination. My father named me after this man. He probably doesn't understand what Adolf Hitler stood for. He probably doesn't. He probably does, to be honest. I hope, like, I mean, who doesn't know that story? Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it's really unfortunate, but like, and let's say hypothetically that uh, Mr. Nunes' father was you know, an admirer of, you know, Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like, how how much do you let your parents, you know, define and own your life? So, I mean, that's, that's, it's a horrible thing to happen to somebody. <laughs> well, how you far know? do you go before you change your name? You know, there, there, yeah, well, there is, there is like, I mean, by English standards, you know, like without knowing any of the, the context and what, how much people are named in that part of the world, there is like a history of, you know, leaders coming from, you know, um, you know Nigeria and, and South Africa and stuff. Like uh, the the Minister of Human Settlement uh, that worked alongside um, Nelson Mandela, his name was Tokyo Sexuale, hmm. and um, of course he's good luck Jonathan and 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 a whole bunch of others. Yeah. But um, I mean, like yeah. So yeah, the name, the culture of the naming is totally different, right? Like it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks for being on the show, uh, as always. Um, <laughs> just in case it's the last time, yeah. um, I look forward to uh, seeing you soon. I'll be back. <laughs> you can't get rid of me that easy. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.